Welcome back to episode 12 of Amateur Hour by the Fantastic Four. And today we are lucky to, lucky to be joined by James from The Golf Social as we talk to him in one of our a podcasts that I really enjoy and I think hopefully a lot of you have been doing too when we bring guests on from, from different parts of the golfing world and get an insight into their lives and their kind of time within golf and any good stories as well. So James, thank you for joining us. No problem. Superb. So we're going to get cracking straight into it. James, what, what is your story in golf? What's your story in general? And how did the golf social come about? So, right. I've played golf for about 18 years now. So a long time. And I'm shit at it, basically. And I always have been. And it was kind of like, it was really weird. It was like one of those sports that you look at, you know, nobody's ever going to fall into that. As a kid as well, you know, as a kid, you used, people used to play golf, used to get bullied a lot, basically where I'm high school. So used to keep quiet about it. But it was really weird. Like at school, I actually got into golf through school. Like we had like an afternoon club, stuff like that, after school. And uh, I remember my first club was like a, a six iron, the six iron, just a random club. Didn't have a fucking clue what they meant. Literally, I just went into Don A in like Freeport in Braintree where near where I live went in there and went yeah I'm going to take that club and I was even a bigger twat because I had a right-handed glove because I thought that was a normal thing to have a right-handed glove so I turned up at this club with all these guys like age of four, 13, 14 who were playing off like five, six and there I am my twatty glove in my sports kit and just getting ripped to shreds straight from off and that's when I fell in love with the game just literally hitting the ball on these fields just trying to trying to hit it um and yeah, it's really grown from that um, over years. So I, I was, when I was a junior, I was playing a lot. And then I turned 18, alcohol came into my life, university came into my life. And that's when I kind of had a bit of a break. Um, and I, got, I, I did all right as a kid. I got down to a handicap of like 13, 12, 13. Um, but it was never like to the stand of everyone else in the group. They're all playing off like six, five, and you're just sitting there thinking, I'm just a the bloke who gets put in the group, last group, you know, just, just to make up the numbers. And it still is like that now with all my mates because they're all still paying off relatively low handicaps. I just there to make up the numbers and have a few beers. And um, yeah, so it, it, it's kind of went to university and then I kind of picked it up again, just like, I was only playing like a couple of times a year, nothing major. And then I started doing the golf social um, pretty much just randomly. It was just one of those things where a mate of mine, Skibby, You've probably seen a few of our videos of him. Most of the time, he's the one that we laugh at. Right. Not because, um, not because he's a bad golfer, but he's literally only started. But he always plays those shots, you know, like the ones where he fats in the ditch, you know, he tops it. It always seems to be him on camera doing it. So we just have to use him. We just have to that use him. That sounds familiar. Yeah, probably. Well, he does. I see it a lot. Yeah, especially in your videos. It's always seems to be one looking at you mostly. Um, but from... My, like Skibby is, he's been playing, he started playing about 20, when we first started doing this, so mid-2019, we both had a camera, we just started recording it, went down a par three course and played a bit. Um, and it was, it was kind of something that just randomly happened because I went through a bit of a stage, you know, you find these YouTube series and binge, um, like you've got your Rich Shields, who is all right, I quite enjoy his videos. But I just, I just fell in love with the content by Eric Anders Lang. Yeah. And I was just like, 
he, I want to be like that. I just want to do footage like that. Bit of that cinematic look and kind of go, yeah. I've got to do something like that because I quite enjoy the video editing and that side of things. So I want to try and make something similar to that. But instead of it being a good shot every time, him talking celebrities, it's just basically to sell the, go- the sport golf yeah. as a social sport. You know, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how often you play. Just rock up and play. Have a laugh. That's, that's how I like to sell yeah. it. I don't want to be here sitting, oh, I've only shot two over par. Like you see these people post online saying, oh, talking through their game after they shot 114. I said, I don't want to hear that. You know, I just want to see you guys having a laugh, top of a couple of shots, and then having a few beers afterwards. That's, that's yeah. how I kind of fell into it and started creating a bit of content, which has gone a bit quiet recently, obviously with COVID and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But that's how we kind of fell into doing the goal social and how we came up with the name. Pretty simple. Golf social, it's just us having a laugh. That's all it is. Um, and that's that's where it's come from. Just purely out of luck and just thought, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Let's do some stupid content. Um, but that's how's, where we are. How's that changed over the last, well, I say you've obviously brought up lockdown, but how's that changed since its inception to, to, to kind of now? Have you, how's your growth been? What, what are kind of the, your next steps for the golf social, do you think? Well, we've obviously... We, we started pr- pretty much seriously, not seriously. I'm not saying we were playing every weekend. I know we'd go and play around the golf and we'd get a, quite a bit of footage out of that one round because there'd be a lot of shit in it. <laughs> and um, we very much um, started just, you know, about September last year, we had about 150 followers, nothing massive. That was when just me posting personal stuff. And I just thought that was boring. So we kind of got to, we're nearly at 1,350 now. But that is a lot from just posting, posting, finding people similar. Like I said, you come across the stuff, you know, what other people are doing. And it's kind of building that community around it. Like you've got the guys, I don't know if you follow them from like the Far From Par vlog. I think they've, they've really come on over the last year. Like from first, when I first started joining him, he's really pushed on and started doing different things. And it kind of makes you think, oh, they're pushing on. Why are we not pushing on? Because we purely haven't had, you know, other things get in the way. Like your yeah. personal your work life, you know, and there's also you've only really got six months of the year where you can actually film a lot mm. of content, haven't you? Because yeah. when you start playing in the winter months, it's, it costs a fucking fortune at the weekend to play it, doesn't it? It does go up. It does go up actually, and that's I think. Well, we've we've pretty much I, I <laughs> definitely me. I spent a lot of money over the, over the summer <laughs> playing. Yeah, you uh, do. You do. Yeah, it's. Uh, and it, it, unfortunately, that, that is the cost sometimes. But uh, I say, yeah, the jumping content that you can just bring. The thing with golf as well, like when you go for a round, there's so much you can draw out from that single round, right? There's so many <laughs> shots and there's so many bad shots within those shots. that yeah. the, it's, it's just, it's a tremendous opportunity. But yeah. Yeah, and we, we kind of used that and started, because I, I, we were like, so what are we going to do? We were just going to do content if us just, talking to each other because if you look at like the likes of eric anderson you look at their episodes and think they're just talking about golf they're talking about random stuff and it kind of make i don't know what it is it's kind of the cinematics make you think i'm going to stick and watch this usually if you've got some bloke with a nokia 3310 recording yeah you're just like yeah i'm turning that off but it's just because they've got the brilliant content around it it keeps you like involved Yeah. So we, we kind of were just going to start trying to do that. But people at first are like, I don't really want to talk in front of a camera. And it's mm. trying to, you've either got to start selling them, buying them into it with booze. 
just get them a bit drunk and just and, or just patch them off the cut. And that's yeah. what a lot of our content is of me just going. So yeah, talks for your bag, and then they just talk absolute shit for you about your their golf clubs. Um, and then we start kind of started doing the YouTube bits. We got three three episodes on there only at the moment because it's something that we were limited to with COVID, mm. and um, they're just par three challenges. Because yeah. they're short, sweet. You can get a bit of cinematic. So we've got a drone. We get some nice footage from the drone. Um, and then we've got the um, smaller camera, which is 4K as well. So we get some really decent footage out of that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just time. It comes down to time at the end of the day. And that's, and that's what I want to try and do, is trying to build it in the next year. We did say at the beginning of 2020, we said this is going to be the year. We're going to start really pushing it on by using the drone, using the camera. And then literally March 2020 was cancelled. So what do you do? What can you do? Just Definitely. Put it on hold to 2021. <laughs> well, keep driving. That's one of the things. Keep driving. Yeah, yeah of course. That's yeah. for everyone. I mean, Ben, you, you had a particular question that you did want to ask because we, we were kind of going through a few of your posts and Ben picked yeah, up. Yeah, there was, was a good post on there talking about mental health and um, such a prevalent thing. Um, and something that's not, I don't think it's often really commented on when, when we talk to people about golf. Um, but you put it very nice in your post talking about, um, as life changes and, and things, and things change for yourself, you know, golf is there as a nice constant that you can go back to and, and take some relief from. So I'd love to know your thoughts further into that and, um, how you think that's helped you and, and, and other people, how it can help other people as well. Um, cause that's such a, uh, such a good point and such a good thing for golf like you mentioned about selling it to people and staying showing the social side will show them a slightly more sensitive side to it as well how it might help them um what's your take on that and 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 perhaps what what about golf is good for mental health yeah 100 percent. it's um it's quite a strong thing for me that's probably what really got me into golf more um over the years was my mental health um, like I said, I, I don't really, it's bad, it's bad, I get it, but I don't really, I don't talk about it. I'm, I'm happy to talk about it and be open about it, but I don't talk about it. The only person I really speak to about it is a lot, is probably some of my closest friends and um, my wife, Liz. Um, it's, it was one of those things, okay, it, it was about 2017, 2018. I just had my first, first son, uh, Tommy, and it kind of, it, it, I've just everything kind of just went. I had that realization went shit. I've got a lot of responsibility now, and yeah. you don't realize that until it actually happens. And it kind of came to a point where I was like, I don't know what to do. And I was, you know, I went, I went to the doctors. I, I had chats with them. I went on. I was on anxiety and stress courses because I had to try and figure out what was going on in my head. Just seemed to be everything was just everything that was really simple was really hard. Like, you know, just getting up in the morning. I struggled with that. Working the simplest of tasks to do at work, which six months earlier, I've been like, yeah, blitz it. Easy job. I didn't want to do it. Just thought I can't do it. Just head was literally gone. And it kind of got to a point where I just thought, do you know what? I've got to find something to do in my free time to kind of give me that break from it all. Because you go... <clears throat> from your working life to home and you're, you're, you're really taking work home as well because you're looking after a, a young family, wife doesn't work. It's a, it's a lot of responsibility. It is a lot of responsibility. You don't realize that. And that's when I started 
I joined up at my local club. I joined up at Newton Green, uh, which is just five minutes up the road from me, based in Suffolk in Suffolk. And it basically, it was a cheap membership. But what I used to do is I used to go up there after work. If I've had a shit day, I just used to go out there and play golf. And it wasn't necessarily the social side because I didn't really know anyone. That's why I started doing these Instagram stuff because I, I didn't really know anyone. Sad as it sounds, because I still had all my mates who were in that, playing at different courses. And it just, it, the, the reason why is it's just golf's great because you go to the course, you have a walk and you don't think about anything else. Yeah, like I don't go up there, you don't go up and play golf and think about work or think about what's going on at home or think about the problems that you've got in your head. You kind of sit there and think, actually, I'm going to concentrate on my, my game here. And it's kind of a complete release yeah. from everything. And that's what's really helped me. And I think that was more than anything, the kind of what helped me a lot. Yeah, I still have bad days. I still have good days. You know, it's all up and down. Yeah, people have it a hundred times worse than me. I'm not trying to sit here saying, oh, I'm, a, I'm really struggling. I'm not because you teach yourself to, to balance it. It's very much like a game of golf, isn't it? You go to a situation, you have those real emotional highs, but then you go to those real emotional lows. So yeah. you'll go for, oh, fuck, you know, I made a birdie. And then you go and quadruple bogey the next hole and you're just about to just chuck your clubs in the river, you know, <laughs> but it's, contro it's controlling it. And it's yeah. very much the same in life. One minute you have a great day at work, the next day will be absolutely pony. And you just have to balance it saying, God, I've had a shit week. But that's it. It's done now. It yep. is very much life is, as I like to see it, mm. life is very much a game of golf. Just, go <laughs> just keep yourself strong. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, a great uh, point. It is. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, yeah. I just think it just helps you so much just going for that walk and just clearing your head. Yeah. yeah I completely agree. That's, <clears> and I, I couldn't agree with you more on, on, on all of that. I mean, I think anything where you're in a position where you're almost isolated in what you're doing and, no matter what's going on, you can't fix it from the golf course. Um, like lots of other sports is the same, you know, you can't fix it when you're in the middle of, a, of playing golf. So you're forced to switch off from that and, and focus on what you're doing. And, and like I said, I think golf is so hard that it does take a lot of your mind to focus on it, to try and do it a bit better. And, and that's such a good thing for stress. And I, I definitely, definitely helps me out and, and keeps me calm. And especially through, um, especially through lockdown too, golf has been one of the few sports everyone's been able to do. And I mean, the amount of people that must have, well, we know for a fact people have struggled through, through lockdown with that isolation um, and lack of contact, be able to go and play golf, use the outdoors, do something practical and helpful, and even with your friends as well. Um, I mean, what a tool that is. And, uh, and something that I don't think is mentioned probably enough when it comes to golf, you know, a lot of the podcasts I listen to and yeah. things that I, things that I watch, it's not often mentioned and it's um, such a big, and that's why i really really good to give it a plug is that the the group that i the guy who does it who's got it bang on is called the club the club tools he's got his mental health charity and there's a lot of charities that they're going to a lot of clubs and a lot of clubs are actually yeah. supporting them now as their sponsored mm -hmm. charity for the year and it is it's it's a it just really shows how good golf is for your mental health and it yeah. can be and you know it's even come to a point where i there's a guy i used to play golf with up a um at my club before I, when I was a member. And he even said to me, he said, the career he had was such a high stress career. He went to the doctor and said, I'm really stressing out about this. I can't, I can't switch off. I don't know what to do. I think I'm going to basically, the amount of stress he's under, he'll probably kill him. You know, he'll kill him. And the, 
golf, the doctor said, what do, you, what do you enjoy? He goes, oh, I, I don't mind playing golf. He goes, well, go and play golf. He said, literally, he didn't give him any, anything. He says, go and play golf and just switch off. And he said, you know, he plays three times, four times a week now just yeah. to switch off. And he says it's done him the world of good. Yeah. No, it's, de- yeah, it's a really valid point. Definitely the best thing, switching off. I found that as well. Um, it takes you away to a different place, doesn't it? But um, on, on that point before, that, uh, thanks for like, telling us about your like, personal journey as well. But mm-hmm. what, what would be your top tip? Obviously, you're, you're, a, you're a dad, uh, two children. Uh, one at the moment, got another one, one during January. Oh, good. congratulations. Well, uh, so what would be your top tip to a, um, another uh, man or a woman in similar position where they've got children, they've got, you know, you've got a young family to get away onto the golf course? How do you plan your, your day or your time to spend on the golf course? It is time consuming. Um, mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you, what's your top tip to make that work? So what I used to do is, because obviously I was a mem- when you're a member somewhere, it's so easy to do it. Um, if you're not a member, it is difficult. It is, I, I get that. And, you know, even going to the range is better than nothing. Because I mean, mm. you, you can go up to a range, walk up and play and hit, hit 100 balls. You know, think about your swing, take your time over it. It doesn't do me any favours, but it'll probably do someone else favours. But, you know, even if it is going to the range, make sure you slot yourself a time out, even if it's midweek, to split your week up. So kind of like I kind of see it, if I could do it during the midweek, obviously we're not doing it at the moment. If you could do it during the midweek, you're kind of splitting your week up. That's how yeah. I like to see it. And if you're a member somewhere, what I love doing is, especially in the summer, is you, you log off your computer, get your golf clubs and go. And the, the great thing I, I really enjoyed about it, because my, my firstborn Tommy was, you know, he, well, he must have been, when I joined up there, just coming up to a year, just over a year old. And I used to take him up there. Like I said, the stress is there. The stress is there, but you've still got the people around you that love you, but you're playing the sport that you love as well. And you can lock that away. And like I said, most of the stress is from work. And it, and it will be for, for a large percentage of people. But even if people need a time away, taking even an hour and a half to just do nine holes on a seven o'clock at night in, the sum, in a July summer's night, it's beautiful. Wherever the course is, the course could be, you know, Basildon, you know, West East London, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, it would still be beautiful that time of night. And it just gives you that scenery, doesn't it? It gives you that break. And also, I just like to make clear, I have nothing against Basildon at all. Okay, <laughs> just like to make that clear. So if you do put that in there and I get started getting death threats from people of Basildon, then let's like put, put that caveat in there. <laughs> oh, we'll cut that bit out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just to, I suppose, just to reiterate what Ed says. Thank you very much for sharing. I, I think we can all understand how tough sometimes that can be. Just, just to be able to speak, and in some, in in many different ways, it, it helps people as well to do so. So, no, thank you very much for sharing. And I think you touched on the point there. I think on a couple of things that actually moving away from some of the stresses, and you come to golf is having a level of presence in that present time. All you're thinking about is that is that golf shot. How I'm going to do this? How I'm going to do that? Being present with yourself, being there's a certain amount of self awareness that arises at that point as well. And um, no, no, I think that's you've, you've highlighted some very valid points for probably a lot of people um, in the game and hopefully outside of the game as well who would want to bring up their uh, their, their playing of golf a bit more. So um, no, thank you for that. Um, is it all right if we jump on to the next question then? 
Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no problem. Ben, I've seen Ben's had enough. I, I apologise. <laughs> I don't know where he's gone. If he's from Basildon, I can only apologise. <laughs> I tend to, I tend to have that effect of dropping myself in it. Like honestly, I've got so many bad stories of me dropping myself in it. I thought he was going to say, "My mum and dad are from Basildon." I'll be like, <laughs> "So you're golden. You're golden." Yeah, no, cool, um, that's all right. He'll be back, but we'll we'll move on. So. I suppose this next question is, and it's something you would have seen through social media and you would have come across and it'll play into, I think one of your posts about uh, hoodies as well. We actually made, we talked about hoodies and golfing attire uh, mm. a couple of weeks back on the podcast. Um, so the evolution of golf in a post COVID world, right? You would have seen how so many more people have been playing golf because partly that was one of the sports that you could go and play tennis and golf, which is, which is fantastic. How do you think golf is going to move forwards now? And as I say, I've already alluded to the point on golfing attire. Where do you think it needs to go over the next year or two to kind of hold on to the masses who've joined? Um, do you know what? I think the, the good thing is the, the, the main market is changing now. Like you said, the attire, you've got your hoodies, which is a great point. I thought straight away, I thought, it's fantastic because anybody, any kid will go out there and go, oh, they wearing a Nike hoodie. You know, that's what people look at now. But kids are so materialistic now that they're like, oh, look at that. He's wearing that. I could wear that hoodie. Oh, let's try and go and play golf. And you've got the market as well with not just the code, but you've got the likes of Top Golf. I know you're very limited to the market that you've got in the UK with only three sites I think they've got. But that's brought people into the game as well. Yeah. Going into, a, into post-COVID, you know, I think, I think at the moment it's, good, it's booming. Golf is booming because there's no other sport people can play. Even if you're crap at it, you're going to go out. See, either when, especially when the, we first started, what was it? The first, was it May? I can't remember what time when we actually came out of it and started. Fifth of May or something like maybe later on June time mm, when yeah. it may actually open the courses up. That was the only place you could go out and see your mates. That was it. So people were going to go. I need to get out of the house. Going to buy a set of golf clubs off of uh, Facebook Market for fiber and just gonna go and hit a golf ball. Yeah. Um I think it's the way the clubs have to adapt adapt and it's you've just got to have a complete culture change. And that's what I hate about golf. And that's that's how I try and perceive it in, in my videos. We go out there, have a fat, have a laugh, don't care. You know, I, if I could walk around with with music playing, I would, but I know straight away I'd get kicked off that golf course. You know, you've got to go in the States, haven't you? I'm not saying yeah. you should all follow up the States, especially, you know, with our video that we posted earlier with Mr. Trump in it. You shouldn't be following what he does, um, especially with the uproar I've got from that already. And um, it's, it was very much, I, I think the culture is the bit I absolutely hate. You've still got that older generation, not trying to pinpoint them, but they just bring the sport. They just bring it, they just bring it down to a bad level. Uh, it's seen as an elite sport. But with these clothing changes and the style of the sport changing, I think it will grow, but it's not going to be in the next two, five years. You're looking at the next 10, 15 years. Um, because if you don't, if they don't start adapting to that environment and that market, you're going to see even more golf clubs close because they, it's great that there's been a bounce now for green fees at 20 pound, 25 pound. And you're getting on there on a, on a Wednesday, Thursday night in the winter months. But now you've got crap weather, cold. Mm. People don't want to do that. People don't want to play golf at that time, if you, especially if you're a, you've just started playing as well. So I, I just think it's 
short term, it looks all right. But long term, there's a lot of changes that have got to be done to get more people into this game and make it more affordable. Because I haven't, I haven't upgraded my clubs in, I think I bought a set of irons five, six years ago. And they were Cleveland's. Um, and I got them for 200 quid brand new. I yep. wouldn't pay anything over the top. Like I, I see guys go up there who have a new set of clubs every week. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. You need to make it affordable to the masses, not yeah. just a small majority of people who tend to be the older generation and have a bit more money than the rest of us in disposable income. Yep. So you've really got to try and, and, and actually adapt to the masses, which, which golf has never done. Golf has literally just used its small market share charge more to make their profits. And I think that's, that you're not going to see anything change overnight. Yeah, you're going to see a bit of an increase in sales in the next two, three years, especially if COVID's going to be around for that time, which is what they're talking about. Um, but you, they're going to have to do the mass changes over the next 10 to 15 years. Otherwise, yeah. we could be sitting here in 10, 15 years, tired of talking about it. So do you remember that game we used to play, golf? Or you've got, you literally, you've got your number of courses. Like I... I used to have so many courses around in this area. Now they just, you know, started to deplete and I've only got a selection of five golf courses really within a 15 mile radius, probably. Mm. Yeah. It's very limited, but that's it. That's the sport. If you don't adapt, you get left behind, don't you? Exactly. I think we mentioned this the other, in a previous podcast was we realised that this, the changes you're talking about, they're not drastic. They're fairly subtle uncostly changes that could really help people out just subtle initiatives to help to encourage people to join golf clubs um you know i mean and some i think junior fees a lot of course for my mine for example is a, a junior a, a, a 21 to 25 you get a certain band and that's still really affordable it's sort of student aid and that kind of thing and then but as they do that why not why not add in a few deals like if you, have, if you haven't got golf clubs they, they don't think about that how many people are going to think, I'd love to join a golf course. Well, I haven't got any golf clubs. That's going to cost me about 500 quid to a grand. I'm not going to bother. Why not say you can borrow clubs for free if you come and play or, or for a couple of months you can borrow clubs for free, things like that, or throwing in a free lesson when you join so that people who aren't as confident in their game can feel comfortable to go and play a full 18 course or whatever. Um, and they're not big things. They're things that are so doable. Um, and it's like you say, that stubbornness and reluctance to budge on tradition and, what they've been doing for the last probably 50 years, however long these people who are running them have been running them. So it's, uh, it's, it's attainable. People have just got to start thinking outside the box, I think. This is something you brought up the other week, wasn't it, Ben? That, um, you don't see anything, like you look at like football or tennis and stuff, you have like starter sessions, don't you, where people can come along, they don't even need to bring a racket or a football and they just come and try it. There is not, there's nothing in golf for that. Like the only way you start is if you go out and buy an extortionate um, like price of the, uh, buying golf clubs um you have to get all the like your trousers and you know uh, the clothing and put people off as well and it's, it's just not like having an open evening in a, a golf where someone can come and try swinging a golf club yeah. for the first time. I, I don't think it's ever been done um yeah to be fair like are we i, I agree with you on my po point of view is the the point that they've got at the moment is they're really keen on driving and getting juniors to join yeah. And you see all those guys say, oh, you know, come and do a junior session, £5 for, for up to 20 kids and stuff like that, which is great. Brilliant for juniors. There's nothing to get adults into it. I'm not expecting, you know, I'm not expecting to come to this camp and learn how to play golf for these freaking 45-year-olds. It just sounds weird, you know, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And um, I think 
like like you said, is it's actually been having the availability of the equipment for a, a cheap price. So, you know, over the, over the, gradually over time, you see it, I've really looked at it on Facebook. So I'm always looking at good deals because I don't buy the new, new stuff because I just don't see the point. I don't play enough. And I'm not, I'm not fussed about my handicap. I've got it down to the lowest it's ever been. And I'm not a member anywhere. So why am I going to spend so much on a new set of clubs? And you can see already the, the market on the secondhand sales where people have gone out, bought a set of clubs after the first lockdown and now they're like, no, nah, I'm done now. And now they're starting to put clubs back on the market and send them again. Mm-hmm. And um, so you, you've, it's, I think there's a lot of small things that you could do. Like yeah. you said, you, clubs could be more relaxed. So if you do rock up in a pair of jeans or whatever, is it the end of the world? You know, if you rock up in a hoodie, is it the end of the world? If you rock up with a, with a keg of beer at the same time, is that a problem? No, it's not. Or you just, like you said, we went to, um, Skibby and I, we did a, one of our first posts, which is West Kent Golf Club. And the first thing they did, they did an open day. And we said, oh, fucking hell, it was a free round of golf. And this course was immaculate. Great yeah. course, loved it. And they just invited, and it was so busy because people saw it as a free round of golf. And most of the time, yeah. oh, we traveled two hours to get there to get a free, because we're that cheap scale, basically. And um, Peter it was... It was a good. It was a good. It was a good opportunity to see it, and we would love to go back again. Um, but you don't see many clubs do that. You don't see many at all. You know, that was that's probably the only club in the year that we've been doing Instagram. That's the only club we've seen do it. I don't think I've seen any club in Shropshire doing that. Maybe that's just because I don't. I'm not massively no. aware of that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. So there, there are a few that do like stuff for kids, maybe. But even that's like small time. But yeah, like you say, that's what I was alluding to is that the adult side of things is just is just nothing. And like I say, like tennis, like kids. I was just thinking before that, like kids, kids can rock. They do whole terms of sessions for kids where the kids can rock up and none of them need to bring a racket at all for the whole mm. like from September to December. They can try tennis, come and they don't need to bring a racket, ball, nothing. Like, could you imagine if a kid? I don't know. Like, there's there's nowhere a kid could rock up to a golf club and try try a different load of clubs for and actually get into it and get, get somewhere with it. Um, yeah. When know. I was, I remember when I was, prob- I was probably 10 or so when I first ever had a, well, yeah, I had, had a handful, but I went to a sort of, a, it's actually the club I'm a member at now, um, like a kid's session. There was probably 10 to 15 of us, all with the one, uh, the, the club pro. Um, and I, despite the fact I play golf now, I wasn't the slightest bit, I don't remember ever being influenced by that session and motivated by it, encouraged by it. I seem to remember the pro son getting quite a lot of attention, um, who was obviously there as well. And I, I don't ever remember coming away from that. I was obviously that's a long time ago. I don't remember that well, but I do remember about the same time having a tennis lesson. Um, and I turned up with a half bent tennis racket that my dad had broken. And the, uh, and the tennis coach gave, just gave, just said, couldn't believe it. And he said, right here, here's a, here's a fresh tennis racket. And he just gave me one. And then, sat, I mean, unbelievably, I ended up getting into golf and not tennis, despite that. But um, how easy is that to do? It's oh. not, you know, and you wouldn't get that at a golf club. I, I don't, th- I just don't think that would happen. But, well, you probably would at some, but I don't want to say all, golf, all, all courses are like that. But, um, but how hard would that be? It's, you know, it's such a simple thing. Um, and, and it comes down to the people that are there and the people that want to make that change. And if you've got people who are on the committees that don't want that to happen, then it won't. Um, and that's the sad thing. So hopefully that shift starts to 
tough. But I think it is as media, social media golf becomes bigger and people start talking about it more. I think that'll start to shift. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's I must admit, when, I was, when I was a kid, it was very much. I joined a club. Um, first club I joined, I hated it. So it was just there wasn't many juniors. All the juniors were really good golfers, and it was just like I'd rocking up, could barely hold a club, and it was just like I had a few lessons wasn't really doing anything for me. And then I kind of moved on, had lessons elsewhere. And then I um, then ended up joining this club um, in Essex, Gosfield Lakes Golf Club, whose junior section was immaculate. You know, they had, every, and it was just that kid, and you don't realise how lucky you are until you look back at it now. Like we paid a hundred quid a year membership up there. And every Saturday you'd go up and get there for 8 a.m. You'd have two hours practicing with your mates. You'd have 10 o'clock, you'd have a group lesson with the pro. And then you'd have an hour to have breakfast. And then you'd have a competition. And then you'd finish at about five o'clock on the Saturday evening. And it was just like, that was just a regular thing. But the lessons were £2.50. You used to put your £2.50 in, that was it. It was accessible. Mm-hmm. Where now, I'm looking at Lee and going, I think that was 35 quid for half an hour. <laughs> I get, I get people have to make a living. Don't get me wrong. I understand people have to make a living. But if you were struggling to get people in at half an hour for 35, why not do a group session of, you, of six, six or seven adults? I know you're going to struggle with COVID at the moment. But six or seven adults at 15 quid each. You know, you've made your money and you've only taken up half an hour at a time. You know, and just change little bits every week. That's it. So just to get people interested in the sport instead of figuring out how to do all this and all that. That's good. I mean, it's a topic that we, I mean, we could go on for, <laughs> for years about as well, and and it's going to be something that's going to be pertinent over, say, the coming years. Uh, and I'm sure we'll bring it up on future podcasts, and then no doubt you'll be discussing it <laughs> with uh, with your viewers as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's a fascinating thing to do. But um, we're going to end now, and we're going to jump. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back with uh, James. Thank you again for joining us. Um, <laughs> And we're going to head over now to Mr. Benjamin Daly, the butcher, to deliver our quickfire round that sums up our uh, our guest interviews. So, Ben, take it away. Hit us with... Yeah, no problem. So, we've done this a few times now, and it's produced some pretty good answers. So, uh, uh, we'll see uh, see how we get on. So, a couple of quickfire questions for you, James. Just uh, whatever comes to your mind. Okay. Go for right. it. The first one, the best golf tip you've ever heard, you've ever been told, ever read, whatever it is. All in the hips. All in the hips. All in the hips. Except for golf, not dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and that. Or yeah. anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you didn't get that from Happy Gilmore, did you? <laughs> of course I did, yeah. It's all in the hips. It's all in the hips, that's it. <laughs> perfect. Superb. Um, perfect. This is, this is the quick fire we want. This is good. Um, number two, the best place you've ever played golf. Oh, shit. Um... I'd say, controversially, I'd say Turnbury. Ooh. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Nothing controversial about that. Beautiful golf course. Um, fantastic. When did you play there? Recently or a couple? No, this was, no, I was probably 16, 17, I think, oh. when we played there. And it's like, and it, honestly, it was the closest I ever came to a hole in one as well. Really? Yeah. Like, it stopped there. Uh, that would have been it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 
Joe, yeah, I guess you have to get some editing skills going on that one. No, no, keep that in oh, there. That's not. <laughs> keep that one in there. Keep that in there. I'll be quiet, promise. I'll be quiet. Um, Mom, go number three. Number three, the place you most want to play. Uh, oh, um, it's a bit of a random one, but um, sharing them on the North Norfolk coast. Always wanted to play there. It looks immaculate. Why is that? Yes, yeah, links. It just honestly, I, I don't know. It's just think. It looks like a proper links golf course. You know, I know you've got the likes of like Turnbury and stuff like that, and um, but it just looks so challenging and it just looks immaculate. There's a couple. There's like you've got that. You've got Albury as well, which is Suffolk coast. There's so many. Um, gorgeous part of the country. Yeah, lucky it's on my doorstep. So it's yeah. good. Oh, it's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful. Lovely different answer. It's good to hear one that isn't Augusta. Um, <laughs> that's a good Do one. Do that one again. Do that one again. Augusta. <laughs> um, right. Next one up. So this is a good one. It's probably our favourite question. Your dream four ball. Um, dead or alive. Golf, not golf. Whatever it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, dream four ball. Dream four ball. That's a good question. Um... I'm going to go with, obviously, you're going to have to have Tiger Woods in there. Okay, cool. So you've got to have Tiger Woods in there. Cause it's just, well, actually, I don't know, because he, he's, he's a, he just seems a bit, oh, yeah. you know, he's just one of those guys, if you want to have a conversation with him, you've got no chance. Um, Eric Anders Lang, love to have a round of golf with him. And also, this is going to be a bit of a weird one, but it'll probably be my dad's because he's stopped playing now, and I keep trying to get him out to play a game of golf, because it used to be a laugh. And he won't play anymore. So I reckon I'd probably put my dad in there as well. That's good. That's a good answer. We like that. Love yeah, that. I think uh, you get some good content out of Eric Anders Lang as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Nick all yeah not, not much out of Tiger or anything. Um, no, no. I think I think at the Masters of the Week, the, the amateur that played with him in the first round said that he came up and was particularly friendly, which surprised me. I thought he'd be laser. But there you go. Maybe he's got a bit of a soul somewhere. Yeah, probably somewhere <laughs> in there. <laughs> in there. Yeah. But uh, OK, last one. Highlight of your golfing life, the best thing that's ever happened to you on a golf course? Uh, best thing, the best thing. The highlight, that's really, what stands out? That's, see, that's the thing, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I've never had a big career high. I'm not calling it a career because it's not really a career because I'm shit at it. But, you know, when you have that moment, you go, oh, I remember that. But I think... That's really hard. That is really, I know it's quick fire, but it's really hard. No, think about it. Think about it. Uh, This is a good point uh, for me to bring up that I hold out from 180 yards and made an (laughs) easy par four. This is the kind of standard we're talking about. That's that's, that's the (laughs) level. I don't even think I've done any of that. I'm just a particularly average golfer. The the only thing is going back to Turnbury. I know I keep talking about this. Um, This is the part of the joke. I always talk about it. And, I remember we, me and my dad, we've actually got some footage of it on the camera of us. It was like, this was 2006, I think it was 2007. And it was the only time I didn't have my camera out. And we were on the 17th hole. And honestly, my dad was getting knackered. He was just like, fatting it every 100 yards here. And he was about 140 yards out, right? Uphill, green, couldn't see it. And he said, can you just go and stand up on the top bank and just keep an eye? I went, all right, no worries. He's hit an eight iron. And this thing, he's pulled it slightly. It's hit the back of the bunker and just one of those shots that you see roll round, a bit like Ram holding one the other day. It just literally just roll, roll, went straight in. 
it was probably the shittiest, greatest par <laughs> ever. <laughs> and literally, yeah, just he's hit the back of his bank and it's just rolled in. And he's like, where's it gone? I was just on the floor laughing because I was like, it's gone in. It's gone in. So but I, I don't think I've... I don't think I've actually played with anyone who's ever had a hole in one. Well, I can't no, I've anyway. not. Neither have I. No. Never seen it. Never seen it. But It'll I mean, come. I think, I think you're probably better than all of us at golf in, in general. We are, we are pretty poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's it. That's it. I, I don't enjoy playing golf with good players, especially with a mate of mine, Andy. Yeah, he's the wor- he, plays off, he plays off five at the moment, I think, but he's been lower but he's the worst bloke to play with. I just can't play golf with him because he gets in my head so easily. Like literally he's one of those golfers where he'll just say something and then I'll be sitting there going, you ain't getting in my head, mate. And at the same time, he's in the back of my head going, just ticking away at it. And then I'll slice it out of bounds. You know, it's just, it's just one of those guys who constantly gets in your head. Um, but yeah, I just enjoy just going out for, for a laugh. I don't, like I said, I'd rather people just go there, have a few beers. That's what we did on our golf day. We did that. Um, we had 10 of us up to Norfolk and there was probably four guys. I think I had there four or five guys I had there who I used to play golf as a juniors, but you know, 24 handicap, a couple of one, which was Andy off five and then Milky used around the same as me, but the rest of them are relatively new. So, and they all had a laugh and it was, it was just a brilliant laugh. And even with the standard of golf, you, you just can't complain. Like if you do top a couple of shots, it's, you do laugh at them. But they laugh. You laugh at yourself as well. Like, that's all I can do. I just I I don't want to be one of those guys who I used to be that guy who if I hit a shit shot I throw my club. I used to be that guy. I'm not that anymore. Just what's the point? What is the point? You're not winning anything out of it, are you? So I've never deliberately thrown one, but a few might have slipped out on accident. Yeah. Um, I, 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 do you know what? Actually, there was one thing that top five that you think you remember. I've only ever snapped one golf club in my life. Um, oh, actually, shit, I've snapped two. One was when I was playing, I've hit a different club and I've hit a shit shot when I was a junior. And I hit the bottom of my, I had my five wood in my hand. And I hit the bottom of my golf bag and the, the club head of my nine eye just fell off. It just fell like this. Yeah, gone, fucked. And then the next one was up at another golf course. It was a, like a corporate day. And we had um, this guy, I can't remember his name, but he's a, he does golf trick shots and he's the pro up there at Hintlesham Golf Club. And he was doing this thing where you put the golf ball down the, the gutter, the rain pipe, the down pipe, and it'd pop up the end and he'd hit it. Like, literally get the timing right, hit a decent drive down the middle. He said, right, who wants to go? So I said, okay, I'll have a go. He said, you've got to use your own driver though. So when I got me Cobra Z, SZ, whatever. And um, Bryson. I hit it, I've missed it, topped it. I was like, fine, thank fuck. And this guy was pissed. Never met him before in my life. Went, Hey, let me have a go. Go on, let me have a fucking go. Come on. So he's given this, he's grabbed this club. First two, he's missed it completely. Next one, he's creamed it. But the problem was that the ball had gone and the club head went with it oh, and man. literally snapped my Cobra driver. I was fucking few. And luckily the guy, like we worked with like the company that, that did it and he gave me a hundred quid voucher. But literally I was gutted. I was sitting there like, what's he done? Literally my club head was halfway down this fairway. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I've, had a, I've had a mate snap my last one in, in my car door that wasn't great but uh, but I was doing an upgrade anyway so there you go snaps it in your car door yeah he, he thought it was a good idea to take the club out have a bit of a swing with it chuck it back in the car not properly shut the door next thing you know <laughs> it's 
is into. The best yeah. thing I ever saw was my mate who, I think he hooked two out of bounds, walked up to his, he, there was crap clubs, crap bag, walked up to his bag, absolutely just swiped the left leg off the, off the, off the golf bag. It went flying. And somehow the bag was still set up because it dug into the, into the mud. And he was hacking away at the second, um, second leg and it wouldn't break and it wouldn't break. And he was going and going. And he couldn't, and he couldn't get it to break. And uh, it wasn't until my mate reminded him of his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend, um, and and he said his name, and the the club bent, and the bag went in half. Um, and he was and he was dragging it around for the. That was only about two holes in. He was dragging it around for the rest of the day. It's fantastic. Yeah. He doesn't no. play golf anymore. No, well, I'm not surprised. There's there's plenty of ones like that. Like, I think when I was a, when I was a junior <laughs> playing, this guy this guy rocked up and you. I'm not going to name names, but this guy rocks up. He had like the motor caddy push trolley, the motor caddy bag. He had like brand new set of clubs. And you're like, you, twat. Like, you just think that, don't you? You just think you're a twat, mate. Like, especially, you know, I've seen you swing, you know. And this guy's rocked up. And on the third hole at Gosfield, he hit his shot, but he didn't put his trolley on the lock. He didn't, didn't lock the wheels. And you just see this trolley just going down this hill and it's gone <laughs> straight into the pond. And I was on the seventh, like just across it, just going, it's gone straight in. And you just see it was like it was like one of those fields where you see the car going, like the bubbles, air bubbles coming up and stuff like that. <laughs> straight under. It was amazing. So but they deserve it for buying all those clubs and like you said, all the gear, no idea. No idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, what a, I suppose what a way to to draw to a close those uh, the quick fly around there uh, <laughs> on that particular story. Absolutely amazing, and I suppose uh, a good way to kind of end this particular podcast. I want to say, James, thank you very much for joining us. Um, just so you can tie everything together, we'll put links to your socials in the podcast and everything like that. But do you just for the viewers and listeners, do you just want to go through your socials and and anything else that you want to say at that point? Um, no, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, follow us on the at uh, the Golf Social, um, and appreciate you for you having me on. You know, it's just oh. a random message saying, "Yeah, lads, if you want me to talk shit, I'll talk shit for an hour, one hour and fifteen minutes. I'm, I'm well up for that." So, and it's good to kind of put faces to what you guys do as well in that community. You know, mm. there's, there's probably a couple of groups there that I think actually I could probably have a round of golf with, but there's some people yeah. where I go. No, nah, not going to do that. Me and my golf. But also, anyway, no. <laughs> it, it's, it's been good. I said, me, me and Ed are, um, we're actually moving to London in Feb time, probably. Um, so we'll be closer to your ends. Um, so it'd be, it'd be great to get a game in. And Ben, if, if you do come down. I'll to, drive four hours. The, yeah. Come down to the big city and uh, I will be there. The dedication you like to see. But, uh, so you are you Shropshire at the moment? Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out where is Shropshire. That's really bad. In between Birmingham and Wales. Is that like Shrewsbury and all that? Yeah, yeah that's where we're from. Yeah, literally like it's just like the Bermuda Triangle, isn't it? Like there's nothing there really, isn't there? <laughs> and you get lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the one route in from north into North Wales from anywhere in the south, going yeah. past Shrewsbury. Oh right! You'll have wow. probably gone past it if you've gone to North Wales, haven't you? I, I don't know what I, the, the the best part of Wales I've done is Newport, and that's when I played Celtic Manor. And I've, oh, I've new yeah I know Newport. What a way to do it! 
Yeah, I know, but Newport is, <laughs> there's nothing there. It's, just, <laughs> it's nothing there. It's another black hole, isn't it? A lot of it. Not going to lie, lads. West Country is just a... Oh, <laughs> not the North anymore. It's the West Country now. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So, so, yeah, very, thank you very much for coming on. And uh, well, so yeah. what a way to draw it to close. And we, so for the listeners, we've got a few things uh, coming up. We've got a few more guests and uh, we'll be back next week as well. So see you then.